Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello, and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, the podcast where current and aspirational entrepreneurs can learn skills and get inspired to take their business to the next level. I'm Ellen Barton, and today my guest is Melissa Mogdens. Melissa is the founder of Lightcode Consulting, and she helps people reclaim their power by saying yes to their dreams. Welcome, Melissa. Well, welcome. Thank you very much, Ellen. I appreciate being here. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. And like we were saying before I started recording, it might be hard to keep this to 30 minutes. You have so much to share. <laughs> oh, it is my pleasure, and we're going to try to cover as much as we can. Yeah, and I'm really excited to talk to you. And I think where I would like to start is um, this idea that we all have a purpose and the ability to um, align with that purpose on any point during our journey here on earth. We can choose to do that. And sometimes people go through their whole life misaligned and sometimes people figure it out and they get aligned. And um, I'm always really intrigued by people that have transformed themselves by embracing a second career or something that, you know, is a calling and from what I know of you, that kind of describes you. So I was hoping you could just give us some background and um, tell us about your transformation and how that unfolded. Well, I'd be happy to do that. Um, I've been in book, uh, small business bookkeeping for the last 16 years, and I moved into that in 2006 uh, due to a medical condition. And that was my first um, transformation because it happened suddenly. And I had to shift my life into a new business. And so I followed the small business bookkeeping path and worked with people. And over the years, I didn't, I started to realize the themes that were happening and how people were getting separated from their unconscious and their conscious decisions that they were making for themselves. They were lost. And so I would help guide themselves. And inadvertently, I was working on myself as well. And about three years ago, I started on my own path of spirituality and energy work and came across firewalking. And understanding how energy really transforms our lives has revolutionized my life. It took my small business bookkeeping background and it opened my world up to seeing how everything is energy. Money is energy, our emotions are energy, and how we get distracted with our energy brings obstacles up in our lives. And being able to focus that energy through the obstacles clears that pathway so we can get on and we can actually attain our goals and our dreams. Firewalking has been a catalyst for that because it does in five minutes of walking on fire what 20 years of good therapy can do. It takes those unconscious emotions and feelings and thoughts and brings them into our conscious reality. And when we understand that it's our energy that's being raised up and that energy is coming from within us, and that energy comes from our emotions, we can raise our energy energy to do anything. 
and to walk on fire, we raise our energy to meet the fire or to be higher than the fire. And when you cross the fire for the first time, that energy, you feel it head to toe. And you can walk into any obstacle after walking on fire and know you can bring that energy and you can traverse anything, any problem, any obstacle by focusing your energy through it because of that awareness that's brought up. Oh, wow, Melissa, you just gave me a lot of stuff to talk about <laughs> with that answer. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so I, I want to talk with you more about the firewalking, but I'm going to go back just in the order of my notes. So the first thing you, you talked about was um, getting into bookkeeping with, you know, after your medical condition made you switch careers. What were you doing before? I was um, working in as a program technician in a mentally ill group home. Oh my and goodness! So you've you've got um, lots of skills from all these various jobs that I'm sure yeah. you use now. <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. It's funny how life works out, you know. Um, oh, very much so. Yeah, very much so. But um, you were saying so before you started talking about firewalking. You were saying that um, you found in, in your bookkeeping that people were getting separated. They, they had conscious decisions, unconscious decisions, that things were not in alignment, and that sometimes this misalignment or, or um, problematic um, you know, thing going on with their energy was showing up in their finances. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I think you know money is one of those topics that um, a lot of people get hung up on and feel, um, I guess for lack of a better word, almost feel like a victim to circumstances. And if I'm hearing you correctly, we energy, like everything else is, 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 excuse me, money, like everything else is energy. And so we do have some control over it, if if I'm understanding you correctly. Yes, you are understanding correctly. And Money is energy. And when that insecurity that you were talking about can be classified in a couple of different ways. I mean, there's a popular disaster mindset where it's that cliche saying of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Uh, We're always waiting for something to happen and we plan for the worst possible outcome. Then there's scarcity mindset where there's not enough. And that can be triggered by our unconscious because, for example, with the scarcity mindset, perhaps you grew up in poverty and you may be a a well-groomed, C-suite person and feel like there's just not enough because you're trying to avoid those feelings that your unconscious retains, even though your conscious world isn't reflecting it. And you're holding on to that. And our, it's that internal thought process that when we understand how energy is, works and we understand where those emotions are creating a picture in our head, that picture is what's going to be creating our momentum. And if we are focused in a disaster mindset where you're waiting for that other shoe to drop, you're creating that negative energy. So you're manifesting that experience. Our thoughts are powerful. 
And if we are using it for a disaster mindset and a scarcity mindset rather than an abundance mindset, we can really reflect that in our world. And to switch from a scarcity and a disaster mindset to an abundance mindset is really not just being positive. It's about being realistic about your situation and starting to uncover why you're making these decisions. Who, how you feel about money physically. If somebody asks you, how do you feel, how does money make you feel? What happens within your body? Part of uncovering that space between our conscious and our unconscious is realizing what it means in our body because our energy is our chi, our prana, our life force. It's that they're created by those emotions that we are creating by the pictures in our head. And when we choose to put those pictures into action, that's where that momentum comes into play. So if somebody's wanting more abundance in their life and they're not having an abundant life right now, being able to picture themselves having their bills paid, having money in their bank account, having these pictures in their head and making it real, actually feeling it where you feel it, you see it, you you sense it, you create that emotional attachment to that picture in your head, that's going to raise that energy up through your body and make it more accessible for money to come into your life because like will attract like with energy. So if you're having a positive, abundant mindset, money is going to feel welcome coming into your life. With that disaster mindset and scarcity mindset, you're closing money off. And by thinking of what could happen, you're just pushing money out of the picture. So if you're thinking about energy as flow, think about a negative response as a dam and water is not able to go. But if that dam is open and water is flowing, then there's a current that's generated. When it's dammed up, it's going to be stale and not attract anything. Melissa, that is... Amazing and a very rich analogy. Um, how do you, so if you're in a money situation that isn't so positive and you want to open up the floodgates of money coming into your life, but there is the reality, you know, like you said, part of your process is to um, be realistic, to look at what's actually happening. Um, you can't ignore your bills forever. So how do you, is, isn't there a disconnect there between, um, you know, bill collectors calling you and getting to the feeling of this abundance? How do you bridge that gap or make that leap? That's a great question. And that is a tough question. And it's not an easy answer. Um, personally, I went through my own crises. Because of that medical condition, I ended up with $35,000 in medical debt. I had $20,000 in credit card debt. I had student loan debt of $59,000, and I couldn't work. I was, at the time, I was working for a company and was laid off, and I went from being 100% independent to being not able to change a light bulb on my, on my own. Mm. And I was in that mindset of, what the, what am I going to do? <laughs> I was lost. It was hard because I had to try to do anything I could. 
And at that time, it meant starting my business as easy as it wasn't and finding clients that would work with my situation. And I had to use grit to get started. It was determination of just sheer survival. And until I started shifting that mindset of that scarcity mindset and the disaster mindset, and it started one by one, where instead of avoiding the bill collectors, negotiate with the bill collectors. It was starting to face the problems of don't let the bills pile up on the table, open them. It was facing it was the very first step because I felt shame. I felt guilt. And we don't realize how many other people are going through this and presenting it a different way. And I was stuck in that mindset myself because I didn't have a lot of compassion around me. And so I had to learn how to find and seek out the compassionate and ask for help and be willing to accept the things that I did not want to hear and be given a choice of whether I wanted to put action behind it or if I wanted to stay in the same spot that I was in. That bill collector would keep calling. The bills will still be mailed. They're still going to happen. And it's until we're ready to face it Will anything be able to, things will be able to change once you're able to face it. So are you saying that once you're able to face it and begin to believe that the money is coming or, um, you know, just begin to work in the energy and get, get yourself unstuck, that it does indeed begin to flow in or show yeah. up, opportunities begin to show up in places they weren't before? That is correct, because we do need to, as much as money is willing to come into our lives, we have to be willing to let money into our lives, too. So sometimes that means getting another job. Um, It means being creative about our hobbies. Maybe there's something that you can sell on the side while maintaining full employment while you're going through something. It's not that money is just going to magically come into your life. But if you're willing to open up to it and give money an opportunity to to come in, then there's going to be change. So if you want to start a business and you have that passion, put the time in to create the structure so that money can find that structure and come in. Because mission and passion is only part of what that abundance is. It's also that momentum and action that that needs to be taken for it to complete the whole cycle. That's a very interesting way to put it because you're putting the power back in the hands of the person who's perhaps struggling with finances. You're you're giving them, um, like what you just said, you're giving them ideas of, of ways that you can get into action and get unstuck and and maybe you don't want that second job forever, or maybe you don't want to be selling things on Etsy forever, or whatever it's whatever it is. But um, but it sounds like it's the um, just the 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 fact that you're doing something. Yes, you need a catalyst, and you need to be that catalyst. Yeah, that's that's good. Thank you, Melissa. I think that this message is one that a lot of people need to hear. Great. So I appreciate you sharing it. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, we may get back to money later, um, but I cannot let you get off this podcast without talking more about the firewalking, because that's that's unusual. That's <laughs> that's that's uh, very interesting. And what is that like for somebody that's never heard of firewalking before? It sounds very mysterious. Um, can you describe what it is? Firewalking is literally walking across. 1300 degree wood coals with your bare feet and this is done through a workshop where you are taught tools of understanding how to work and focus with your energy and people have been walking on fire for thousands of years and it can be used to create internal healing as well as create external energy for momentum Um, for the Indians have used um, fire walking as momentum to either hunt well or go to war well and that internal healing can happen from a mindset and I had mentioned uh, how fire walking and therapy coincide What happens during therapy is you are releasing your energy through talking. You're experiencing those emotions. And they're being triggered by that conversation with your therapist. And with plenty of money and plenty of time and a great therapist, you can really take care of some issues. And when you come to a fire walk, what happens to you in a moment all of those emotions come rushing up and you are given a choice. And if you are listening to your body, you are able to recognize that choice for yourself of whether or not you should walk on this fire. Because part of walking on fire is raising your energy to be as high as the fire or higher because fire, like money, is energy. And if we can raise it, then we are no longer affected by the outcome of what we are normally taught of fire burn. So you're saying that people that are able to raise their energy that way don't get burned at all by walking on the coals? Correct. There are occasions where, I mean, fire can burn. And when I was mentioning listening to ourselves, because... Part of what I was talking about money with energy and listening to our bodies is when we can understand how energy feels in our body, we can really learn to choose to focus that energy so we can go into a state of peak performance. So fear can be a negative or it can be a positive because when you are in that moment of walking on fire, your fear is going to be raised. But you are not going to be distracted by your normal life and you are going to be able to take that fear and channel it into yourself so that you can walk through that fire unharmed. Now, if you are reacting in a different way to fear, and this is where your body comes in, how are you listening to yourself? Because in that moment, is that fear giving you power or are you letting that fear diminish your power? Being able to recognize that is that difference with our conscious and our unconscious. We need to be able to recognize where our fears are coming from and how to use them because 
going through life, we experience a variety of emotions. No single emotion is either good or bad. It's just an emotion. And if we can learn how that energy feels in us, then we can learn how to breathe through that so we can focus that energy to tackle a specific problem, whether it's walking on fire or starting a business, because Mm. that is energy. Yeah, and both are probably equally terrifying to many people. Yes, Yes, they are. (laughs) Yeah, that that's so interesting. And before, when we were talking about firewalking, uh, which is a, a topic I just find very intriguing, you were saying that you were once in a group of people that were there was a lot of disagreement happening in the group and discord, and that it wouldn't be possible to do the firewalk until the group dynamic changed. That's interesting too. Can you talk about that? Yes, um, that was an, that was during my certification, and we were um, cre- creating our own workshop, and the instructors had left the premises. And in that moment, I had to be aware of my energy as well as the group energy, and I had to find power in my choice to say no. I. Walking on fire has been a passion for me, and I have taken every opportunity to exercise that. And this fire was the first fire that I decided that I wasn't going to walk on. And it wasn't because I didn't, I was afraid of the fire. I recognized in myself my own energy, and to be in that environment, what I needed to also project with my energy. And I could recognize in that moment that I couldn't do both. And there's power in saying no. As much as people talk about always saying yes to opportunities, being aware of our no is saying yes to ourselves. And in that moment, I understood what it was like to make a decision as a leader to influence it for the group over my own personal desires of walking on fire. And that's a common sacrifice that we have in life, not just in fire walking. How do we prioritize where do we put our energy? Melissa, I am just sitting here taking notes because you have so much to share here. It's absolutely fascinating to me. And what I'm hearing is that In this life, we really have the power to create what we want because everything is energy and that we have a a responsibility to um, protect ourselves and put ourselves first. We have the ability to challenge ourselves by learning to do things like the fire walking and learning how to work with our energy. And all of this, and you're talking about we have the power to even create around um, outside of our circumstances, around money, around abundance, about all this stuff. This is exciting. You know, this is very, you're making very empowering statements here. How, how have you seen uh, um, people's lives transform in some of the, the folks that you've worked with? Oh, it's been amazing. Um, the lessons that they're now willing to 
in, that inspires them for change, they're passing on to their children. And they're influencing another generation that is in trouble right now. <laughs> they're coming into a world where they have a lot of choice and they have a lot of possibility and a lot of distractions. And seeing people taking their power back and making choices for themselves they are committing to a new way of life. I have seen people go from being bankrupt into owning a new business and buying a new house. And it happens where just credit score wise with people, I see people who are making over $100,000 and their credit scores are in the 500s. Taking their power back, I see them in creeping into the 700s and 800s. They're taking their choice back and their lives are better for it. They're changing because not everything has been an advantage. There have been a lot of job uh, changes, um, housing, just um, material changes because they're prioritizing whether or not they want their energy to go into something. So with all of this said, because it sounds like it's coming down to a decision, to a choice, and um, that's very empowering. That's very exciting. So with all of this said, um, let's talk about fear. Fear mm-hmm. fear can be paralyzing to a lot of people. It can stop them. And I, and I think you, you touched upon this with the money. And I, and I was asking you, how can you shift when you're looking at your reality and it's not so good and you you need to shift into more positive energy that, um, you know, can be a process like we talked about, but it's kind of a similar idea with, with fear. Like I, I, um, on this show, we have, um, listeners who are sometimes wanting to, um, shift careers or open a new business or, you know, do something that's more aligned with what they want or they think they want or they they feel is authentic to them sometimes stepping into that role of you know being truly a master of your fate and your future um, can be kind of scary for people and and it it sometimes paralyzes them so can you talk about that yes and that is very common and I had mentioned that there's uh, choice and fear There Mm -hmm. is choice to be paralyzed and there's choice to move. One thing that people don't necessarily give themselves credit for is that they are moving. In the smallest reactions, they are moving. Because when they're aware of a problem or aware of a step that they want to make, that is movement. And that paralysis comes in after hearing from distractions. They're hearing from their family and friends that it's impossible. They're looking at their finances going, I don't know how this is happening, but I have a feeling deep inside of me. And there's a disconnect because you know it's true, but your circumstances are distracting you. What I tell people to do in those moments is to find stillness. This is where meditation does help because when we find that stillness within ourselves, and we can breathe and become aware of our bodies, and we're aware of our energy, we can know whether or not that fear is coming from our conscious or if it's coming from our unconscious. Is it coming because 
somebody has told you you're not good enough, that idea is ridiculous, that's impossible. You hear all of these things when you start feeling a little more progress and all of a sudden you lose the energy behind your progress because you're distracted because your energy is going towards that negative thought process of it's impossible, that you're not going to get approval, that people aren't going to like you because you're making a choice for yourself. Coming back to that stillness to understand that this is part of who you are. This is a part of your mission. This is a part of your life's purpose. That is your sacred duty to honor that. And it's not going to be easy, but that's where the, that progress and not perfection comes in. Making one step. I had mentioned this with money of, with bills, bill collectors of negotiate, answer the phone call, make a plan. You make a step and the next step comes easier because now that's no longer an issue. They aren't calling. You aren't distracted. You can focus on your next step. If you don't know what that next step is, then you need know you need to ask for help. But you need to come back to who you are and sit in that stillness with yourself to determine, is this what you want? Not your family, not your spouse not your boss, not your anyone, but you. Only you get to decide for you. And a lot of people can't answer that question. No. So a lot of times it takes a catalyst like firewalking for you to be able to shift that perspective because you just took something that people have been telling you for years that fire burns and you just broke it because you walked on fire and you didn't get burned. Now what else can happen? You have such an empowering message, Melissa. It's just, it's just the word that keeps coming to my mind. I, I love it. And I want to ask you a question. I, I don't know why I want to ask you this question, but, um, but it's coming up in my mind. My personal belief is, I, I think, aligned with yours, that we we all have a purpose, we have a responsibility to live that purpose. I believe that's how we can give our best gifts back to the world um, and that we we need to listen to that voice like that that's just my personal philosophy. But my question is because i I can just hear it I can hear it in the in the minds of some listeners um, my question is, is it selfish is it selfish to put yourself first is it is there something about this that is um morally suspect or you you know or or um is there something wrong with with doing that you know we talked about before the call we talked about the idea of work-life balance and and we both kind of agreed that balance is not the optimal term to use because in different times of life we have different priorities like sometimes if you have small children you you know you might be really focusing on the small children and less so on your career other times you might have a startup business or something and then that is really taking the majority of your attention um so it's not necessarily a balance um 
I don't know, Melissa, is this turning into a question? Do you know what I'm trying to say? I do know what you're getting at, and I love it. I was actually just talking about this the other day because being selfish is is actually something I've been talking about because I've been working on lately myself again because we're always working on ourselves. So this and question was coming from your brain to my brain. I'm like, I'm yeah. channeling it from somewhere. <laughs> Because I don't really believe it, but it's coming from somewhere. (laughs) Well, because being selfish goes back when we were talking about priorities. It's really hard not to feel selfish when you are really thinking about yourself. But when you are operating at 100% and you're operating in overflow, you are influencing everyone and everything around you. And so by actually taking care of ourselves and we're living in that overflow, it's that, again, another cliche saying is you need to put your own oxygen mask on. That's not selfish. It's when we give up our own priorities that we have that resentment and then we start creating feeling selfish in between of that. We have to remember that we are human. And if you're feeling selfish, shift that. So it's not being selfish, but are you respecting yourself? Are you doing what you truly need? And if you're listening to yourself and you're listening to your body, you will always know that answer. And so if you're feeling selfish, there's something externally that's, or externally either triggering it or triggering a unconscious emotion that you have buried with whatever's create whatever you're doing that is creating that selfish feeling. Because if we're taking care of ourselves, that's self-respect and self-love, not being selfish. Mm. Yes, yeah, an important distinction. Thank you. Mm. Well, Melissa, I could talk to you for hours. But we're almost out of time, and I wanted to, um, before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask you if there's something else that you'd like to share that we didn't get to talk about. um, I know we could go off on many tangents and talk about many topics, but um, is there something else you're feeling that um, we need to hear from you today? I want people to understand that these thoughts that we have of guilt, shame, being selfish, those are all emotions. And just like joy, our happiness, our love, our compassion, those all bring energy into our lives. And becoming aware of that energy and how they react with ourselves and our bodies really can set the stage for you to have anything that you'd like in life. If, this, if you want a different life and it seems impossible, you start small. And just remember, progress, not perfection. Every step, even if it's two steps back, is still momentum. Sometimes we have to regroup and try again. And we have to find compassion for ourselves in that journey. It makes mm-hmm. everything possible. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Melissa, how can people get in touch with you? Um, You can get, you can reach me directly um, by phone or you can contact me through my website and my website is lightcodeconsulting.com and my direct number is 
815-245-1777. Wonderful. I will put that number and your website on my website so everybody can easily find it. I'd like to thank you so much for being with us today. It was awesome talking to you, Melissa. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Ellen. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, me too. It was fabulous. And I suspect you'll be back one day because, um, if, if you'd be so kind, because I know there's a lot more we could talk about. Oh, I would be honored to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was wonderful. Well, thank you, thank you. Um, thank you all for listening. My guest was the marvelous Melissa Mogdens. She's a firewalker. She's a money expert. She's a life coach. You can learn more about her and her work on our website, ellenbarton.com. Please check that out and tune in again next week for another episode of this podcast, which is designed to help you, your business, make a dynamic upward pivot. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com, where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our eBooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit, inspired actions, real results.